You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we ramp ourselves up and get ourselves ready to talk about the biggest film of 2017. We did a whole month on Star Wars. We did a preview. We've talked about two trailers, and now we bring you part one of our reviews of Star Wars The Last Jedi. This is our spoiler-free Review. So we're doing this one first. Maybe you're going to planning and seeing this on the weekend and, uh, you know, want to hear some thoughts on it before you're going and see it. So we're doing this one now and we'll, of course, be doing a spoiler review next week in which Noah will join us and we'll uh, obviously be able to be a bit more open-wheeled in what we can talk about. But, uh, no doubt plenty to talk about. I saw this a couple of days ago and my co-host you'll hear from in just a second saw this literally about an hour ago or even that really. Uh, my name is Ben and <laughs> and my name is Colin, and let's go, Chrome Dome. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I think I think you should talk first here, Colin. You've just come home from the cinemas. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll have a story yeah. to tell about kind of how we went about walking out of the cinemas. But uh, I mean, how are you right now in terms of having just literally <laughs> seen this? It's like me and Justice League a month ago. Yeah, I mean. It's first of all, I just want to say how infuriating it is that uh, you said I saw this a couple days ago, <laughs> and meanwhile I just walked out of the very earliest showing you can get. It hasn't even officially opened, and you're like a day and a half. I in, could have seen so. it like five times by now if I wanted to. <laughs> you could have, yeah, uh, <laughs> but you probably won't. So, <laughs> um, no, it's 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 one of these ones that uh, people are going to be divided on, and. I think my opinion, it's it's kind of... It, the funniest thing is, we talked about this in the Justice League episode, that it was weird that the negative reviews for Justice League were basically saying the same things as the positive reviews. It was just, do you choose to like these things or dislike these things? And I found the same thing with this. Like, I found... I was, like, I'll just say, well, maybe we'll even try to get a segment on with him at some point in the future, but, like, my brother saw this with me. He's seen every Star Wars movie with me. He loves Star Wars movies. Even The Force Awakens, like he was like, it's probably my least favorite Star Wars movie, and he has more critical things to say about that now, but still enjoyed it. He was like really trashing this movie hard. And I was arguing with him, but at the same time couldn't disagree with a lot of his complaints. So <laughs> it's 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 a weird one, and we're not going to be able to say a lot without giving away too many spoilers, but uh, all I will say is that there are some things in this movie that are hands down the greatest things i've ever seen in a star wars movie but then there are also Porgs. some things in this movie that are hands down the single worst thing i've seen in a star wars movie and i will say the porgs are not the single worst thing i've ever seen in a star wars movie there are things in this movie that i think people are going to be kind to jar jar binks after they see this but <laughs> other things where it's like wow like like it could not have gone any better the, the funniest thing is is that um I mean, I think you did it, Noah did it. We all rewatched all the films uh, in the lead up mm-hmm. to seeing this. And I mean, I, I watched The Force Awakens the night before. Um, and I mean, yeah, Force Awakens, I guess I'd only seen it a few times, kind of obviously three times in the movies. I think I may have seen it once since. Hadn't really watched it in about a year and a half. And kind of my opinion always diminished on it. And kind of watching it this time around, I was like, hmm, yeah, I'm probably going to put that below all the prequels. Um, but mm-hmm. now, like having seen this, I like The Force Awakens better. Um, so it's yeah, kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I like Rogue One I better. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go that far. I think I'm kind of in the middle, but at the same time, I remember all of us, and this is 
I think one of the reasons we started the Oz Network was because we were talking so much about Star Wars yeah. and wanted to talk so much about Star Wars during The Force Awakens when it came out that it's like, well, we should do other types of things on our podcast. Yeah. But I remember when The Force Awakens came out and I was sort of saying, you know, I'd rank this one kind of in the middle. And that's kind of, I won't give away official rankings, I still don't know how I feel, but... I'm still leaning more towards that just because I think the things in this movie that were really good were so strong, but it definitely wasn't what I was expecting. And in some ways, every single opinion I give is going to say the same thing. In some ways, that's a good thing because there were things that was unexpected that I'm, wow, that just blew my mind. And then other things that were unexpected where I'm like, wow, that could have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I actually said to Noah um, I, I, when we were talking about this, I'm like, I guarantee you one thing, Colin will probably love this movie. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I just yeah. feel Colin will like this movie. But like, I, I just, I'll just say, I do not hate it. Like, I'm probably sounding off like I'm so negative straight away. I yeah. did not hate this film. Um, I will go see it again. Um, and perhaps that will, you know, add some things to it. But I, I think this is the first time I've ever walked out of a Star Wars movie and gone, hmm. Like, I, I think kind of, even the prequels, I mean, I was a lot younger then. So, I mean, you know, 12-year-old Ben walking out of Jar Jar Binks for the first time, that's my, that's the target demographic, I'm going to love it. You know, um, so I, I never walked out of a prequel disappointed. Uh, Rogue One, I was kind of like, I mean, that was good, but wasn't necessary, okay. Uh, and, you know, Force Awakens had a whole lot of things going on at the same time. So, I think kind of, you know, again, I did not hate this film. Uh, and I agree with you. There's definitely some good things about this film, but I just think there were so many things. And again, we can't really go into too much detail until our spoiler one in, in terms of the, the things. I mean, there were some scenes that Noah and I kind of just were just going like, what the hell was that? Like, just, just what happened there? <laughs> like, that makes no sense. Um, can, and I think we even... We just... go. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, just continue, because uh, I'm not quite sure where you're going the, with the, that the one, the one thing I was going to say, I think... Like, I was kind of, like, trying to work this... One of the main plot lines in this movie, because, again, I'll also maybe argue, was this even a movie with a plot? Um, but, like, there was there was a whole section of the movie which I kind of was working on. I'm like, this whole thing didn't even need to happen. Like, there was a whole part of the movie. I'm like... Yeah, and I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Like, there was, yeah. there was no reason for it being there. Um, there's one character, which I guess we can talk about this you know, in a moment, kind of going through the characters. We can at least talk about, you know, who we liked and that without going into too much details. There was one character who I just did not like at all, um, who Noah was like, oh, no, they weren't that bad. Don't be so mean. And I'm like, no, they were terrible. Like, I just did not like them. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I guess the one thing, though, I'm so sold on Porgs. I've bought a Porg. Like, yes. <laughs> we went around yesterday, kind of before I took Noah home, trying to find... We actually we actually went to, random story, before we went and saw the film at like 10 o'clock, uh, we have Kmart, Australian Kmart, it's better than American Kmart, not like that trash. But, um, you know, it's open 24 hours here in Hobart. So we're like, oh, let's go and, you know, see if there's, maybe there's a Porg toy. We can go and buy a Porg toy before we've even seen it. It'd be cool. They, like, had nothing. They had a Ray Barbie... A Kylo Ren Barbie, <laughs> um, and like a rose figurine, um, and then so like yesterday, uh, I, long story short, I found a Porg. So I've got, a, I've already got a Porg figurine. So I'm sold on Porgs. Yeah, well, that's the funny thing is that everybody was so worried about the Porgs way of this movie. I think the Porgs are fun, mm -hmm. and I don't think they're too cute. There are moments in this movie though where they show up on screen, and you could hear people in theater go, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> and, and but then other parts where it's just it genuinely makes you laugh and they're they're such a background character uh it's not even like they really figure into the plot quote-unquote plot as you said of this movie uh just commenting on the quote-unquote plot as you said in this movie 
Um, I think one of the issues is the fact that they, this movie had to, because of the decision to end The Force Awakens with the first appearance of Luke. You knew you had to pick up that scene immediately later. In a way, I feel for Ryan Johnson because he was written into a corner by J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan with The Force Awakens because you have to start a movie now five minutes later. And that means everybody's story starts five minutes later. And partly because of that, you don't have a plot to work with. You kind of have a two and a half hour extended action sequence. But what you do get is this new stuff with Luke that's great. So I think that makes up for some of it. But the first thing that really stood out to me, and I I didn't even think about this until probably a few days ago. And it was when uh, I was watching, I think by the time I got up to, uh, you know, episode five. And I just always remember what George Lucas said that Star Wars always was about you drop you into the middle of a movie as if you have no idea what happened before this and I thought to myself that doesn't work with episode 8 and then I thought to myself the opening crawl that you get and even that's supposed to fill you in on a little bit of the backstory and really set up what's happening I'm like this movie's starting five minutes later are they just going to be reciting the opening uh, uh, in the opening of Last Jedi just reciting what happened in The Force Awakens and yes (laughs) the opening crawl is just the First Order has been beaten down by this, but they're coming back, and now the Resistance has to flee. So that kind of shows you that this movie doesn't have a lot of places it could go other than with the characters. So plot-wise, I I don't know if I was even expecting anything big out of this, but I mean, we don't get a massive plot. We really couldn't based on the way that this trilogy's been set up. Which, again, I I guess we can talk about this in a spoiler. there There was just elements about that that I didn't understand. It was... Um, the whole opening battle, which is like what legitimately meant to be taking place exactly straight after the Star Killer base has been destroyed, mm-hmm. and yet there's elements of that to me, which again I can't really talk about now, which does not make sense to me. But then Noah kind of had a decentish explanation with that. It's kind <coughs> of, you know, I mean, we don't know how long it took Ray to get to Luke's planet, so maybe there's a bit of time that's kind of, you know, what I mean? Like, as in, it's kind of. I don't know, but I mean, it's just, it just, there are elements. Like a couple of days, maybe. There's a, there's a couple of characters that kind of just are conveniently missing <laughs> that were kind of just there before yeah. on the Starkiller base. And, um, yeah, there's just some things that kind of just with that. But again, I guess we can't really get into it, uh, you know, without sort of giving away spoilers. But I mean, even kind of just looking, one thing too that I, I kind of said to Noah, I keep saying I said to Noah, I mean, he'll be on the episode in a few days. <laughs> um, but it's, this is the first Star Wars movie I feel that I've kind of gone out of like, where do they go from here? It's kind of like it's well, and there's no real cliffhanger or even like the stuff that's kind of there. Like, where to now? <laughs> but that's one thing I did like about this because I feel like this movie we sort of complained in our preview episode that you know while everybody was crazy at the time because oh this brings up so much nostalgia about the original trilogy with the Force Awakens. In retrospect, two years later, it's like they just remade A New Hope and did nothing new. And we really want to see something new. And I feel like this movie kind of it bridges the gap. It starts out like this is still the Star Wars we know, but it goes in these directions. And I'm not even talking about, you know, Luke, I'm your father, uh, you know, cliffhangers and, uh, you know, bombs being dropped on the audience. It's not even like that. It's just the direction they go in with the story and the characters or what they're setting up. For episode nine, I kind of have an idea, which I'll talk about in the spoiler episode, about where we're going to go from here. But it is going to be something completely different. I, I feel like this is not so much a reboot of Star Wars. It's uh, it's uh, what would be the right word? It's um, 
uh, it's just it's sort of taking Star Wars in a completely different direction going forward. Mm. Yeah, I mean, again, we keep repeating. We'll probably say this another hundred times. There'll be a lot more we can talk about sort of next week. But um, I mean, I guess kind of. I mean, there's no real plot we can talk about. I mean, th- I mean there's a plot. <laughs> it's, I mean, how how would you describe it? I mean, it's it's kind of, I guess, there just straight after the events. I mean, I guess kind of you've got sort of the race stuff going on with Luke and you kind of got the, the resistance with the First mm-hmm. Order. I mean, it's kind of almost just like a, like a, a plot where the resistance have to try and get away from the First Order and they have to go out on an elaborate plan to make that happen because they're sort of running yeah. out of fuel and they're kind of running out of options, basically, in order to be able to get to form a new base. Uh, I guess, I mean, that's kind of what you would say. And then you've sort of got retroactive, you know, you've got Ray sort of picking up from where she's just met Luke, uh, and then the kind of the stuff that goes on with her. And we really can't say much about that and really go much into much detail, I feel. The title The Last Jedi is appropriate because I think what we get out of this... Uh, this movie, the purpose of this movie is about the story we didn't get from Luke the first time around. Um, and I don't know if some of this is what we would have seen with Luke in The Force Awakens in the original script, like before they decided let's hold off on him. But the rest of it is this is the second half of the climax of The Force Awakens. Mm. We destroy Starkiller Base and then we have to get away. Uh, in a way, I was kind of thinking throughout the movie, it's like if people are comparing this to The Empire Strikes Back, it really has no similarities to The Empire Strikes Back for story. This is probably the most original Star Wars movie you know we've gotten, well, at least since Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Basically saying it's not The Force Awakens. This is an original story. But if The Empire Strikes Back was about The Empire Striking Back, this is sort of like the First Order, uh, I don't know, decimates the Resistance. I mean... It's, it's upping the ante as far as, like, the stakes. If the Empire Strikes Back was, we're going to kind of fight back a little bit. The First Order is like, no, we were we are going to kill you all. So in that sense, even though the whole Resistance First Order part of this movie is just sort of an elaborate extended climax of The Force Awakens, I feel like the stakes are high enough that at least I cared about it a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be so interesting. I feel that we're going to have such a more of a debate on our spoiler one, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think kind of just going over some of the characters, really. I guess I mean the actors and everything. I mean, we we, we don't really need to go into too much detail because we've already gone over this in our preview. We know who's back. Uh, I mean, kind of only. I mean, this is the thing that I've noticed about this: really limited on the newbies in terms of you know the new yeah. sort of characters introduced because even the ones who are there aren't really there. Like, I mean, the only one who's really kind of prominent, you would argue, is is Rose, uh, played by, you know, Kelly Marie Tran. Uh, you know, I mean, Laura Dern's there for parts of the film. Uh, Benicio Del Toro. Uh, hmm? <laughs> I, don't, would, I would say that Laura Dern, she's probably in it maybe a little bit less screen time than Rose, but I would say her character feels a little bit more important. I, I'd agree with that for sure. Uh, Benicio Del Toro, you know, obviously we know he was going to be in it. Um, but I mean, I guess kind of from my perspective, just, I think the Luke stuff is going to be the debate a lot on our spoiler one, because by the sounds of things, you really loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. giving away Noah's opinion, at least last time I spoke to him, he did not. Um, (laughs) and like, I'm kind of maybe swaying a little bit more to a lot of what Noah was saying, but I mean, you do have a very good way of swaying my opinion all the time, Colin. So... Uh, I mean, I'm, not, <laughs> I, I'm using my Jedi mind tricks is yeah, what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm not trying to take away from Mark Hamill's acting. I mean, Mark Hamill's amazing. Even though it, oh, it kind of yeah. does feel like Mark Hamill's being Mark Hamill. like Or maybe in interviews, Mark Hamill is just so kind of just this way, if you know what I mean. And it's just kind of, he is who he is. But um, 
I don't know, like, I, I, I enjoyed, obviously, having Luke finally talking. It was great. Um, <laughs> and there was definitely some good stuff about Luke, but there were some things that kind of just didn't work for me, and he just kind of felt a bit... I don't, it's not out of place. That's not the right word, but I don't know. I just felt... Like, at least with Han Solo in The Force Awakens, you felt he was Han still. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, I feel we've missed something mm-hmm. from Luke. Because, you know, we kind of had, you know, young, naive Luke in, you know, New Hope and kind of training Luke in Empire. And then he's, you know, wise old, you know, Jedi wizard in, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi. Now, like, I guess he's kind of like old hermit. But I don't know. Like, there's just, I, I, I what to you kind of really work with? I guess we kind of talk about Luke separately uh, on, on all of this because we kind of lump some of the others together. But give us your Luke love here. Well... I mean, for one thing, I, I I agree with you that Luke is a completely different character, and I'd say the same for Leia, and I was thinking that throughout the movie, but it wasn't like something where I'm like, oh, this isn't the Luke I remember. I was thinking it actually made sense, and I was trying to analyze. I'm like, you know, Leia and Luke are like completely different characters, and if we didn't see Mark Hamill and we didn't see Carrie Fisher and we didn't hear the names Luke and Leia, you would never drop these characters into a movie and assume they were the same ones. But that's what 30 years would do for anybody. I mean, if you go back 10 years for both of us, you know, and you were to document our lives, you'd probably think, well, this is a completely different character 10 years later, 30 years later, especially when the entire galaxy is, (laughs) Ben's maybe a little bit less mature, but but like you, you consider that Leia is basically, you know, the, the one who kind of shaped the Republic and then shaped this resistance. And she is a general now, not a princess. And then Luke had the entire, you know, fate of the galaxy and the Jedi on his shoulders. You're going to be different people, especially if nothing went according to plan. And you too, Leia and Luke are kind of the ones to blame. We, we mentioned the Jimmy Kimmel interview and it was great how he brought up in there. It's like, you know, it, are Han and Leia the worst parents in the world? And is Luke the worst uncle in the world? And the movie kind of makes a point with that. They're like, are we the reason why all this bad stuff happens? So I get their characters should be different. With Han, the reason Han's not a different character is because Han wouldn't change. And there is a line in this movie, and it's it's not a spoiler, but I'll kind of you know it, give away the gist of it, where Luke basically describes something. He goes, Han was Han. And that's just the whole point. I mean, Han Solo is the type of person. He was who he was. But Luke and Leia would change, and I think it would make sense. But for the Luke love in this, for me, it's just we're getting to see a different side than I think we ever would. And this is where I think the movie goes in the right direction because we'll get into a lot of this in the spoiler episode, but everything they do with Luke and the Jedi, it's not what you'd expect. And it's not even just in like the way I think everybody entered this movie was, you know, Luke, the hermit, Luke, the defeated Jedi. He's just this bitter, angry, depressed person. And we get some of that, but we also get the fact that, Maybe there's something to what he's saying about, you know, the Jedi should end. Like, I think it's just kind of Mark Hamill's just so... Mark Hamill has the power over me that I have over Ben. You know, Mark Hamill can sell me on anything. <laughs> he but all he could come to I, you, Colin, and be like, Colin, die another day is amazing. Be like, yes, Mark, it really is. Let's watch it together. I would, yeah, it would be like a clockwork orange. I'd be walking that, watching that thing, you know, with, with my eyelids pried open 24-7 because Mark Hamill said so. Uh, but I mean, all I'll say is I do know that there are going to be people divide on this movie. I don't think that Luke's going to be the one to divide people mm. because the reaction I got, and I don't know what it was like for you when Luke appeared on screen, uh, the first thing he does, in the movie, I'm not going to say line, but the first thing he does in this movie, giant applause. Um, and he hadn't even spoken yet. Later in the movie, when it gets to, you know, where we kind of get the, 
I guess, Luke's climax of this movie, the most important moment for him, it was nonstop applause. Like, this guy, I, I kind of put a post out about it. Like, if he blew his nose, the crowd would pop. Yeah, if he blinked, the crowd was going nuts. And that's kind of what happened throughout everything Luke did throughout this movie. Every time he did, so, I think, something big, you know, even if it was not what you expected, the crowd went nuts. So I, I honestly believe Luke is the strongest thing about this movie. Uh, Luke along with, you know, one other character, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. It's interesting, kind of... Um... I think I was actually disappointed that we went to this select cinema uh, because it's kind of the closest one to my house, but there was like no atm- atmosphere at all. Uh, I mean, it was just, oh, really? we showed up uh, like at 11 thinking like, oh yeah, there's going to be a line, you know, there was no one there. So we kind of drove around, looked at some Christmas lights <laughs> for 20 minutes, came back and there was a few people there. Um, <laughs> but even then, like it was half full, a um, couple of chuckles. Um and but that was it. The 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 fu- we had a funny story which uh we recorded a slight little clip about that kind of you know just to show where we were in Glenorchy which is kind of you know sort of a pretty dingy suburb of Hobart. Um, this like cinema worker just walks in before the trailer's playing. Excuse me, is there a hue in here? And we're sort of like, what? What? Like, <laughs> is there a hue in here? I'm like, oh, is it good or bad? Oh, it's good. We've got a card down here. He's left a card down at the counter. And just kind of like, we just crack it like, I don't think we're going to get some more. Is there that a is, here? That's the most Australian movie run-in, <laughs> history of movie run-ins. And then, and then they played a trailer for like The Greatest Showman or whatever it was. I'm like, there's Hugh. There he is. Hugh Jackman. There he is. <laughs> there he is on screen. Um, yeah, I mean, sort of other ones. I mean, obviously Carrie Fisher. I think, again, we're going to have a lot to talk around her and Leia because... We know that, sadly, you know, obviously Carrie Fisher has passed away, so kind of she's just not going to be in Episode 9 unless they, you know, yeah. they digitally do her, which they've already kind of said that they won't do like they did in um, Rogue One. Um, but, I mean, she's, like, wow. she's incredible, uh, as, of course, you know, Carrie Fisher just... just She's beautiful for her. Right? How old was she when she passed away? Like, 60s, 70s? Like, she's... Uh, I think she was, yeah... At least 60. Gorgeous. Um, and just, she owns the screen when she's on it. And, like, I, I don't know. I felt like, as much as I love Luke and the kind of I'm always with you, like, in terms of Luke's probably, like, my favourite sort of from the original trilogy, I don't, just something about this time just seeing Leia. I know we saw her last time, but uh, maybe it is just kind of the whole thing knowing that, oh, this is it. This is, you know, we're not going to see her anymore. And I will say, and this isn't really a spoiler. I mean, I guess you expect to have it in the credits, but just a little thing they wrote for her in the credits. I don't know if you kind of stuck yeah. around. Like, that was that was nice. And they played the Leia's theme kind of with it as well. Uh, I mean, do you have anything to say on, on Leia or really much to add kind of before we go into some uh, of the other people? Leia's a, Leia's a tough one. I, I do love her in this movie, but kind of like how Luke was a different character, um, Leia, maybe it is because we know we're probably not going to get her again. And... Ryan Johnson basically said, we're not going to change anything about this movie. We're not going to find some way to write a finale for Leia into this movie. The movie's just going to exist as it is. I don't buy the whole thing that we're not going to see some version of Leia in Episode Nine because these are the same people that told us, no, this Kylo Ren guy has no Force powers. And, hmm. uh, you know, no, Finn is the Jedi in The Force Awakens, <laughs> not the girl. Uh, like, they've lied about everything. So... Uh, I, that's not there's not even a problem with that you know i, I think i mentioned this before I, I just remember a couple of years ago when uh people were so upset 2012 people were furious because christopher nolan lied about uh marion cotillard playing talia al ghul hmm. in the dark knight rises everybody suspected that was what it was and then it happened 
And it's like, well, he lied to us. It's like, well, nowadays, that's just what everybody does. You know, you lie. It was the same thing J.J. Abrams had with Khan in Star Trek. But I don't know. It's I feel like we have to have something with her because yeah. it feels incomplete. Agreed. And I think that's what kind of threw me off with Leia in this. It, we get some good moments with Leia in this movie as a character. But I don't feel like I don't feel like this is how we can end the movie. I said in at least one or two of our preview episodes that I always believed that Leia was the one character of these original characters that needed to survive because the movie started with her and she was the only one who was fighting this battle from the beginning. I felt a little bit frustrated watching the movie with Leia, just feeling that maybe I am buying into what they're selling. We're not going to see Leia because it really does need to be her battle and we need something with her in the, in the ninth one. And there was definitely a scene where it's kind of like, well, this could be, you know what I mean? Like the, the, that, yeah. They could have redone it completely, um, which again, yeah, exactly. spoiler episode, we can talk about that. Um, I don't know if this is maybe the one you were implying. I hope it is, so we can agree on this. Uh, to me, the utmost star of this film, uh, Adam Driver, Kylo Ren. Um, oh, yeah. Just oh. amazing. Like I love this guy in The Force Awakens, but holy crap, he could vault into my top five <laughs> favourite stars. He just owned this movie. Like just like just As much as mm-hmm. I can say criticism that, there's nothing, not a bad thing I can say about Kylo Ren and just Adam Driver. Like, holy crap, this guy's incredible. Yeah, and he does everything that he did in the first movie. And it's funny because you would think that you want those big moments from him. And he has one moment in this movie where he really explodes and you don't see it coming. And it just feels like like powerful and, you know, like this is something we don't often get in Star Wars, like acting of uh, that type of power. But I almost start missing it when he's just doing the quiet monotone Adam Driver. Like it's it's very rare that an actor can have almost no voice fluctuations at all. He sounds monotone. He almost half whispers. His facial expressions, one of the few reviews I read of this going in was basically saying Adam Driver is this movie franchise now and they mentioned his facial expressions but if you watch him his face barely moves yet there's something about his face barely moving that shows so much emotion it's just it's impossible to actually pinpoint what it is about him that's so magical Uh, i i do want to say something funny about this let's be honest you look at the guy he's not an attractive man um i was gonna ask about about jamie's reaction to that scene yeah Yeah, he does have this. We'll give one spoiler away. Adam Driver is shirtless in this movie. (laughs) Jamie couldn't have cared less about Adam Driver until he appeared shirtless. (laughs) She wasn't even, like, touching me at the time of this. She grabs my arm and starts squeezing and shaking. I knew it. And then (laughs) very discreetly, you know, the the shirtless scene is long past. And, like, probably about a minute or two later, she suddenly, like... He's so good in this movie, like, trying to play a cool... What a great actor. <laughs> as soon as that scene happened, I'm literally thinking of Jamie. I'm like, oh, God, I hope Jamie doesn't see this with Colin. Like, there, here we go. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> but let's just say, like, oh. you don't expect a guy like that to look as Jack... It was almost like when Hayden Christensen was shirtless in that scene of Revenge of the Sith. You know, you kind of expect him to be leaner. Mm. But like, like he's ripped in this movie. The, thing I, the only thing is, I'm saying, I feel, I feel like I'm Jamie here all of a sudden. Um, but like, <laughs> like, okay, yeah, he's ripped. He's not ripped, ripped. He's not like you know Chris Evans ripped. Yeah. But like, he's he's very pasty. Like what you would kind of expect from like, uh, he's kind of gothic, I guess. So like you know, like 
Maybe hit the tanning salon a little bit, Kylo, or something like that. Like, I know you don't get much sun he in wears space. Black robes, <laughs> black robes, and a heavy metal helmet. When is he going to get any sun? I don't know. Like, I'm sure Sith lords or whatever get time off. Uh, he's not a Sith lord, but you know tanning what I mean. Bed? Yeah. <laughs> Use the force, Kylo. Tan yourself. Um, but yeah, no, like he was just amazing. So good, and the stuff with Ray, like. Ray felt, I mean, yeah. you know, Daisy Ridley, Ray, great again. Like, there's nothing bad really to say about her. Um, but just, I liked, and again, we're talking about the spoiler episode. I like the stuff between these two. And can I just say, this isn't really yeah. a spoiler. They've got some chemistry, these two. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I want to see these two get together. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, I don't think the movie's implying that no, in any way. It's not. I, maybe they're trying to tease. Yeah, it's almost like we talked about in the trailer. There's a lot of stuff in the trailer, and we'll confirm this. A lot of the stuff in the trailer, they are trying to lead you to believe this is what's going to happen in the movie. They don't do that. It was just manipulation and promotion. They, I think, do include some moments in this movie to make the audience think, oh, they're going to go there. I honestly believe that'll ever happen. But it's presented in a way where that was the other thing. Jamie kept going like, ooh, you know? It was really funny at one part where um, it's not even this, but there is one moment in the movie where two characters kiss. We won't give away which two (laughs) ones they are. It may be BB-8 and C-3PO, but we won't spoil that. Hogs and the uh, the horses. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, but at the moment that these two characters kiss, Jamie was like, Ooh, you know, like that, like the, you hear it in sitcoms all the time, like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> and one of my nephews probably just following along goes, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a dead silent theater and you hear a couple of people like, <laughs> That's but it got that reaction out of her. And she was thinking the same thing. And the funny thing is, that's kind of what so, she told me in the car afterwards. She said, I don't even hear about the guy's face or his body. She said, Although the reaction came with the body, definitely. But <laughs> she said the scenes that he had with her, maybe it is just, you don't know in the movie, like maybe he's just manipulating her. Maybe it is some flirtation or maybe it is just these two characters. And if w- imagine the power of a team up together. But she's like, I wanted them to just go at it yeah. right there, you know, because they have chemistry and chemistry exists one way or the other. It's just is presented in a way in this movie where you don't know what they're doing. And, it, 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 yeah, it kind of has a bit of intensity to it. It's, it's interesting. The scene in The Force Awakens where, like, he's interrogating her, um, I always assume, like, oh, God, there'll be so much fan fiction written about this scene. It would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't imagine the amount of fan fiction that will come out of this movie with these two. Um, but, um, I mean, you're kind of outside of that. I mean... Poe has such a bigger role in, role in this film, and I loved him. I thought Poe, like, Oscar Isaac finally, like... I, it's not that I didn't like him in The Force Awakens. He just really didn't have a lot to do. But um, this time around, he's got a whole lot more to do, which is great. Um, Snoke, obviously, is a lot more prominent. Um, and kind of... Uh, I mean, I'll say this right now in terms of one I just did not like. I did not like Rose at all. Rose gave me the shits. Um, really? <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll cover all the ones you just said there. I'll add one more thing on Daisy Ridley, and that's that I know a lot of people were praising her for The Force Awakens, which had a lot to do with the fact that that was, it's amazing what only, you know, two years can do in movies, but this was coming off of The Hunger Games, and The Hunger Games was pretty much the first, you know, blockbuster action movie that presented a female action hero. And I think a lot of people were just so enamored with, well, we have a decent female hero that maybe they ignored some of the bad acting there because Daisy Ridley had moments in The Force Awakens where I'm like, she's really impressive. And then she had other moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so bad. (laughs) 
But here, I think she's grown enough where, I mean, almost every scene she's in is impressive. And there's no overacting. Like, there was a lot of overacting she had in Force Awakens. Uh, funny thing is, I remember even uh, Daisy Ridley telling the story, you know, J.J. Abrams had to coach her after the first day of filming because her first day of filming was, like, completely awful and almost unusable. Um, but she is probably one of the stronger ones in this movie. I don't think we get that much new from her. Um but I think she's a strong character overall. It's just you're not as crazy about her as you are Kylo Ren. With I'll just, Snoke, I'll just interrupt uh, you quickly, so I can just say we'd lump in here to everyone. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say you know add Phasma, you know Laura, just the rest, I guess, and I'll have a few things to say because yeah. I, I jilt over. Like, this is Laura like Gilligan's did. Island. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you know, Ray, Snoke, Rose, <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I want to have a Snoke conversation with you after this, so I'll save oh, Snoke for a second. Okay. Um. Rose, uh, I didn't mind her. I, I felt like they forced her character down your throat too quickly. Yes. And it's not that it wouldn't have fit in another movie. It's that there's things in this movie that don't feel Star Wars-like. And the way her character is just thrust into it too quickly without a reason to be there felt too forced. But in all fairness, I'm going to say, we kind of alluded to it earlier, I think the weakest part of this movie, I don't think anybody's going to disagree, is the Finn Rose subplot that exists for almost half this movie. Which which is the um, one which I will say really has no purpose. <laughs> like I yeah. I completely no, listen, I have, Well yeah. there was a there's a mo like we'll have to be in the spoiler one, but it's like I basically reworked like two bits and I'm like, take do this, do that, done. Doesn't have to be there. <laughs> yeah. It, it's an easy movie to rewrite and I think this is one of the problems with uh Disney deciding they wanted to make these movies so quickly. Because we also can't forget, yeah, this has been two years, but two years to make a Star Wars movie is pretty tough. And Ryan Johnson came out, and I, I kind of feel for Ryan Johnson in a way because I feel like he's going to get a lot of criticism for things that aren't his fault. He said he really couldn't even start work on the script until The Force Awakens had come out and was finished because they didn't finish the movie till right at the end. You know, he was in the loop. He knew what the story was going to be, but he couldn't start working on it. And the original release date for Last Jedi, even after Force Awakens came came out, was only 18 months later. They pushed it back to give him a little bit more time. But that's still a time crunch. And this Rose Finn subplot, partly, yeah, it doesn't have to be in the movie because you really sit down and you think about it and you're like, what did we accomplish with this? And, you know, does it need to be there? Or I, th- I wouldn't even say so much does it need to be there because we'll talk about the spoiler episode. I think there's a purpose for it. It's just, is this the most efficient way to tell the story of The Last Jedi? Especially a movie that is two and a half hours, by mm. far the longest Star Wars movie, almost by 10 minutes. I think my bigger complaint is that the stuff they do is so boring. <laughs> uh, it's not fun. This is, like, for me, my biggest complaint about the movie is that the planet they go to, it seems like this. they tease a little bit about this planet, you know, that, that Rose and Finn meet Benicio Del Toro at some point. And everything about it was just such a letdown for me, including Benicio Del Toro, which I don't know if we want to talk about him a little yeah, bit. Uh, I think Benicio, <laughs> yeah, Benicio Del Toro made the best of this. And I think he's kind of what kept my interest in this because he is such an interesting actor. But there's this quirk he has that just gets really annoying in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I also think with Rose, as much as I said, the introduction of her is where she was forced down in your throat. I don't think that was the problem. I think when they try to give her some character development, you just don't care. Because it doesn't feel like something that belongs in Star Wars. And it just feels weird and tacked on. 
but the stuff I did like I remember I think the big moment that Rose has near the end of this movie uh my brother burst out laughing yeah I do not <laughs> because he's like, like that moment at all <laughs> and, and I, I defended it a little bit too I'm gonna say I thought it was all right you know and and <laughs> Some of the defenses I have in this movie, it's weird the ways we talk about this now. It's not so much that I'm defending, no, there's not a problem with this. When I defend the prequels, I'm legitimately defending a lot of the time. Yeah, I think this is better than people give it credit for. Sometimes I'm defending as in it's not as bad as you say. And that's kind of where I feel like Rose is, where she's not as bad as I think some people are going to make out to be, or even that last scene, as you said. It's not the greatest scene in the world, but it's not that bad. Um, Phasma, Phasma... Here's my complaint. I I finished watching Force Awakens seven minutes before I got home, and I got home with about ten minutes to change and head to this movie. So um, I was literally watching The Force Awakens while I was walking home, and seven minutes before I got home, I finished it. And it occurred to me when I'm watching that, I'm like, Phasma can never be an intimidating villain in this series because of how much they damaged her character, and nobody really thinks about this. Everything that happens at the end of The Force Awakens, it's all her fault. She's supposed to be the, the meanest, toughest stormtrooper they have. She's commanding this army. She's disciplining people for not firing a gun. And yet she has a gun held to her head and said, all right, drop all the defenses so we could blow up this world. Okay. Yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> Everything that happens in The Force Awakens is her fault. That's true. And yet she's not punished for this. So when she reappears, I actually feel like they did a better job with her in this movie. And she's we'll hear at the end, you know, though. she's so underused. I, uh, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I'm just, that's, that's my bit. Another dislike. I love Phasma. I think she's like one of these ones oh, that has so much God. potential, but I just feel she just gets so yeah, underused. Yeah. Potential is the right word because the potential is there, but they didn't do anything. And we didn't talk about this in a preview episode, uh, but one of my uh, theories about The Force Awakens, if you remember when the movie came out, there was an uproar when they released the first cast photo because Daisy Ridley and Carrie Fisher were the only females included in that cast. Mm-hmm. And the people said, where are all the females in this movie? And J.J. Abrams said, don't worry, we still have more roles, we're still casting. And then all of a sudden they announced... Uh, Gwendolyn Christie's in this movie and Lupita Nyong'o's in this movie and both of those characters Maz and Phasma feel like they were written in at the last second and like they were CGI characters that were added in post-production almost yeah uh, both of those characters do come back here and both of them I feel like with Maz I'll still say Maz is the worst character in the history of Star Wars <laughs> that's my opinion I don't Pointless feel like this movie changes this movie at all, at all. She's, she's, there's no reason yeah. for her to be in this film at all yeah with Phasma, I will agree with you. There's potential there. I just don't feel like they had any time because I do feel it was a knee-jerk reaction where they kind of looked at the audience's reaction and said, we don't want people to be mad. We don't have enough women in this movie. Let's put one in a helmet and tack her onto a couple scenes here. She barely appears in this movie. When she does appear, I feel it's way more effective than the first time. Um, but yeah, we're still not getting a lot of... like. Don't quit. I remember when Force Awakens came out and everybody was like, I really expected more out of Phasma. Hmm. Coming into this movie, people are probably expecting more. You're all going to walk out saying, I really expected more yes. out of Phasma still. Yep, yep. you will. Um, uh, did you have anything to add on Poe or Finn? I mean, uh, Finn... Oh, yeah. I just, I'll just, I'll just quickly say, Finn, like, Finn was just there. Like, I, 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 I liked Finn better than The Force Awakens. I don't know. Like, I still like Finn. I don't dislike Finn. I think this is a great sort of character to have, like, a Stormtrooper turned... But it's just kind of, I don't know, like, we kind of went over his storylines, kind of pointless. But, like, uh, I don't know, even kind of the stuff which he's involved in early and sort of at the end is just, 
Yeah, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's when we get the spoiler line again, uh, sort of like his bit at the end, oh. sort of with Rose, like, I kind of feel they should have left it without Rose and it kind of would have done something to his character a bit more. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I, I was disappointed. I thought we would have well, got more from him. The idea of the stormtrooper that turns is a great idea. Uh, they do a little bit more with that in this movie, but uh, also the issue is when you have a movie that picks up five minutes after the first one ends, and a character he is the one character that has no other reason to be there. He's the tag along character. He's he's actually more like Han Solo. I think most people will say Poe is the Han Solo because he's wisecracking and everything, and he's this great pilot. Finn is the Han Solo. He doesn't need to be there. He has no obligation. And he, he kind of wonders himself, what am I doing here? He is just a continuation we got the first time. There's no... It's really that way with a lot of characters, the more I think about it. You can't go anywhere with them. The reason that Luke, I think, stands out for me so much in this movie is because you can't go anywhere with other characters when we saw them five minutes ago, you know? Um, what I will say about Finn is that John Boyega is amazing. Yeah, And uh, I was a fan of his before anybody knew his name. And when they cast him in Star Wars, I'm like, John Boyega's in this. Everybody's like, who's John Boyega? (laughs) Uh, How do you pronounce How do you spell Boyega, you know? But I saw him in a movie called Attack the Block, um, which was, uh, it wasn't Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright's writing partner from like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and everything made his movie called Attack the Block, which is kind of similar to like the Shaun of the Dead uh, style of movies. And the movie wasn't great, but I just walked away from saying this one guy, John Boyega, is going to be the biggest star. He was in and I still think that because, yeah, he was in twenty four. I, I think twenty four was after Attack the Block. But again, he had like I remember he had been cast in Star Wars, and then the twenty four episodes aired immediately after that. And I'm like, he's got really powerful scenes in there with the right material. The guy will be the biggest star. He's not being given the best material in this movie because he has the worst subplot in the history of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, but the even though I will agree with you, I mean, his character doesn't really go into his storyline doesn't go anywhere. I think he has a story arc that kind of reaches an interesting point. And a lot of what I appreciate in this movie is that they're setting things up where I'm like, I like where this could be headed. Um, and I think every line of dialogue that Finn has, he sells. And I can't say the same for a lot of the characters in this movie. So uh, John Boyega, at least is good in this movie with Poe. This is the biggest, you know, turnaround of any Star Wars character. We we joked about nobody cares about (laughs) Poe. And again, it wasn't Oscar Isaac's fault. I mean, his character was meant to die in the first 20 minutes of The Force Awakens. And it was sort of supposed to be the surprise to the audience. And J.J. Abrams said, well, he's so good with the material we've given him. Let's bring him back, which is why, you know, it really makes no sense how Poe's there. Which, can I just say... Biggest plot hole in this movie, Poe was apparently thrown from the cockpit of that TIE fighter in The Force Awakens. Uh, how did his jacket come off as he was thrown and well, remained in the cockpit? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, a good that's point. as big of a plot hole as <laughs> as the planet, Starkiller Base, that drains the power from the sun. And then they're apparently supposed to use it again. What, are they going to fly the planet to another solar system? <laughs> the sun dies. This weapon is useless. So, yeah, a lot of plot holes that you pick up on Force Awakens when you watch it a second time. But Poe is really good in this movie. I mean, he is the biggest improvement of a character. And I like that even just the first moment he has in this movie, it reminds me of, like, the, the one scene that he had with Kylo Ren. And he, he has an interesting character, one that we haven't really seen before. He's not just this wisecracking character. 
He's the guy who likes to mess with people, and I love that moment where Kylo Ren has him in Force Awakens and just stares at him and he's like, so who's supposed to talk yeah. first? Are you supposed to talk first? Am I supposed to talk first? He's got another moment like this in this movie that's just hilarious. Noah hated and I think it. It's just, Noah it's hated perfect... it. He's going to talk you down on that. Of course Noah did. <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment. Um, I think Poe is one of the stars. This movie has a lot of stars in it. Uh, Poe is one of the characters that I think I went from being who cares about Poe to Poe's the one I want to see more of in this movie. I guess, um, yeah, Hux. We didn't really. I didn't mean Hux in the in the thing. Um, Hux, is, Hux is just more of the same. He's a cartoon he's character. He's, he's fun, fun, but he's a cartoon character. I mean, that's kind of what he is, really. Yeah. Uh, I like. This. What, what about? I want to get your opinion though. There's another minor character that is probably the only other uh, first order officer we see. I think his name was um, uh, General Kennedy or something like that. He's the other one that appears uh, in the opening of the movie piloting one of the, the big Star Destroyer ships. Uh, That's yeah. like a really over-the-top British yeah, yeah, <laughs> general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah. I liked him better than Hux, to be honest. Does, and, and I don't mind Hux. Yeah, at least cartoon character, the right? Issue, the issue I have with the First Order people, it's like, at least with the Empire, like, even just these minor Empire sort of people who are getting choked by Darth Vader and just kind of there, like, you feel they're still, like, living, breathing characters that kind of... I don't know, you just... You feel something in a way for them. Whereas, like... Mm-hmm. Some of the... Like, I know, kind of, there's so much Nazi sort of connections the way they've kind of gone about this whole First Order business, but there's just something about Hux that I don't know if it is just kind of this over-the-top cartoon. He's almost like a, you know, 1970s Bond villain or something like that, which, you know, I should like because I kind of like that over-the-top yeah. Bond villain, but there's just something about him. But I, I do like... Sort of, there's the, the situation sort of the end bit with, like, him and Kylo Ren. Like, I, we'll talk about the humour, I guess, in, this, in a moment. But I, I did kind of like some of the little scenes between him and Kylo Ren. Like, there's one where, like, Kylo Ren gives his order. And then Hux gives basically the same order. And everyone just looks at Hux. Like, dude, we just heard that. Yeah. Like, that was funny. <laughs> um, but, well, yeah, I mean... I just want to comment on one thing. Go. Oh, go on. No, no, my, okay, I'd never mind. I'll speak. Yeah, you go ahead. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing I will agree, and I hadn't really thought about that, what you said about the First Order officers, I think the difference in Empire Strikes Back is that a lot of these guys are kind of victims of Darth Vader. You, know, you see Vader just killing these guys that just make one slip up. With the First Order officers, there's not like an abuse of these people. <laughs> I think we need to see more floggings yeah. in order to feel for the First Order officers. Apology accepted, Captain Newdock. Like, you know, we need shit like yeah. that going on. Exactly. Um, and that guy in the end of Empire who's like, it's all right, sir, we've uh, disabled the hyperdrive. And he just kind of he has that look on his face like, yeah. oh, fuck, I'm dead. Yeah, Admiral Piet. <laughs> <laughs> who's the one in Return of the Jedi? I like that guy who's kind of like at the beginning, he's like, but sir, we just need more men. And it's like, oh, we will double oh, our yeah. efforts. <laughs> Moff Jajurad, yeah, he's great. That, that guy, like, no, we need some of those. We were role playing that. That's we want. Weird. He was like going home to his wife yeah, that we... night, going like, "Oh, honey, got some bad news. We're gonna have to cancel the trip to Naboo." Um, yeah, <laughs> we just we have to double. We have to work twenty four hour days now. The Emperor's come. Oh, honey, no, I yeah, want a divorce. <laughs> And what does he do? Like he goes home, you know, uh, at the end of the day, and his wife is like, "Well, you haven't even said one word to me since you've been home." It's like I had a really hard day. Okay, <laughs> I just want to eat my dinner and go to bed. Just get off my back. Stop nagging me. Eat some blue milk. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, look again. We can be here all day with this. Uh, Laura Dern, Benicia. You kind of mentioned Benicia. I liked Benicio del Toro. I kind of like agree with you. Sort of his little quirk that he has. I mean, he's just that type of actor who, whenever he's on screen, he's going to like has that screen presence. Um, yeah. But his character just there's something about sort of how his character works, which at the end of the day, I kind of feel his character is sort of pointless when we kind of erase that plot. 
Um, but I mean, you know, we kind of were just expecting him to go honeymoon, like at some point, but he, he <laughs> sadly doesn't. Laura Dern, I mean, I love that woman to bits. Like, she's just Laura Dern, yeah. so she's she's incredible. I will say, like, C-3PO kind of just feels wasted now, like, and Anthony Daniels, I don't now? know. Now? When was the... Well, well, Return of the Jedi was the last time he did anything. Well, I guess, but, like, what's with his voice? Like, he, I don't know, like, has something happened to Anthony Daniels? I know he's older, but, like, he doesn't sound older. He kind of doesn't sound like a boyish... Really? I don't know, there's something about his voice that gives me the shits, but he's so wasted I, in this movie. N- well, I, I agree and disagree. Um, I completely disagree on his voice, because I I was th- kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't know if I can notice a difference between a no- New Hope to now, other than the fact that he's speaking... We don't really get frustrated 3PO. I think that's probably the difference. We're so used to when 3PO's on screen, he's like, calm down, R2, you know, and uh, always panicking and everything. I, I, I don't think he's completely wasted because I feel like there's at least one moment in this movie where we get a classic 3PO, yeah. which kind of ties back to the whole, you know, oh, it's against my programming, and he, he's being difficult 3PO again. And I really love that scene. The character that's completely wasted is R2, oh, which true. I don't know if... I mean, they got BB-8 now, but you can still find a place for R2. There's a really nice moment where Luke and him finally yeah. meet again. And I can't wait to talk about the spoiler episode. Luke's reactions as characters' names come up and as he meets them again and how different it is. But the moment with R2 is so great. Honestly, R2 pops in and out of this movie, and I'm struggling to think. I'm like, wasn't he with this person? Wait, where was he? Is he supposed to be here? Is he still in this movie? There is no way to keep track of R2-D2 in this movie. Uh, I'll say the same thing with Chewie. Chewie has some really great moments in this movie. I feel like we went from The Force Awakens, where we got the best Chewbacca had ever been, Mm -hmm. to this is throwaway, what is Chewbacca doing in this movie? Um, I can't... He has the funniest scene in the movie, and we'll talk about the humor in just a sec. Um, But BB-8, I... God, like, Jesus Christ. Can we just say that I... Hope you agree with this. BB-8 was terrible in this film. There's one scene with BB-8 in this movie where it's, like, there's maybe yeah. two scenes in this entire movie which I still, right now, I'm so angry about. Like, what the hell just happened? BB-8's in one of them. And just BB-8, like, I didn't... I was... I nothinged BB-8 in The Force Awakens. Like, I can see his purpose. He's kind of the new art. He's going to sell toys to kids. He's kind of cute. He had, like, the funny scenes, like, when he's giving his thumbs up and kind of, you know, like, it was just... Yeah. It was like that. But, like... He just annoyed me, this movie. Like, he just, like, oh, just this, this one scene. I'm thinking about it right now. It makes me so angry and, like, kind of well, it's been replaced by the Porgs. Like, everyone wants Porgs now. <laughs> Fuck BB-8. <laughs> I don't know. I actually really loved BB-8 in The Force Awakens. Um, but in, in this one, the funny thing is I enjoyed every scene BB-8 was in in this movie. But I also had the reaction with every scene he was in because BB-8 is the comic relief of this movie. By far. And some of the comedy is so over the top with BB-8 that even though I found myself laughing, I instantly knew the next time I watch this movie, the joke's not going to be funny anymore. It's going to be annoying. Um, and I that kind of perfect talking about like the humor as well. Yeah. Because this movie, for a movie that was promoted as being so dark, it's dark in a sense in that, you know, where Luke's character is. And it is The Last Jedi. I mean, it's really all about the darkness with Luke and, of course, with Kylo Ren as well. I would go as far as to say that this movie had more humor in it than any Star Wars movie ever, and it had right. more over the top. It's almost like if you took Jar Jar. Jar Jar is like the condensed humor of Star Wars, all condensed in one character. They just took 
all of the same ridiculous over-the-top humor of Jar Jar and just spread it out among different characters at different points in the movie. But if you add all that humor up together, it makes you laugh the first time. But I honestly believe most of the humor in this movie is not going to hold up on a second viewing. It's going to be, that really is kind of too over-the-top. Yeah, and the interesting thing you were sort of mentioning about the reviews, and like I, I think maybe might have been the same as you, because it sounds like you kind of did this too. I did not... I kind of avoided all sort of, like, they had the whole initial, like, first impressions of The Last Jedi are now out and things like that. I just avoided all of it. I didn't want to see anything. Yeah. Um, and then kind of when I got home, I started reading the reviews, and I couldn't find a negative review. And, like, I, I found a few yeah. now. Well, I um, found yeah. But, like, it's it's interesting because, like, so many people were glowing about it and kind of, like, I'm like, really? And, like, we've always got that, like, classic whole thing of, like, oh, the best Star Wars film since Empire Strikes Back. But, like... The comedy to me was too much. Um, I mean, I kind of had this sort of thing I was saying to you recently about having seen Thor Ragnarok, that it just it felt out of place given what I knew about the first two Thor movies. The difference is, is that if you take... If you just watch Thor Ragnarok as it's... Like, you'd never seen any other Marvel movies, you'd never seen any other Thor movies. It's an, it's an hilarious film. It's funny. The comedy works. Mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth yeah. is an amazing comedic actor. It all feels natural and it works. The problem with this is, like, there's, like, I, that, you summed it up perfectly, what you just said with kind of the Jar Jar reference, which is, like, we're not even joking about that. I, I completely agree, because, like, I just watched uh, Phantom Menace a week or so ago, and I tweeted out saying, Jar Jar Binks, not that bad. That's a very unpopular opinion. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to, like, oh, I'm done, the old network, I'm over with now. But, like, just some of the comedy in this movie, like, I remember coming out of Force Awakens thinking, like, oh, that was a little bit, like, you know, huh? but, like, rewatching, I'm like, okay, it, like, it felt like a Star Wars movie. This, mm-hmm. you, I think, mentioned, there's lots of this movie to me that does not feel like a Star Wars movie, but the humour to me just, like, yeah, I think you summed it up well by saying you're going to watch this a second time and it's going to kind of groan. The, the, the one scene yeah. I did literally laugh out loud, and like, I was pissing myself in the, the, the Chewy scene uh, with the Porgs. Um, like, yeah. I was pissing myself <laughs> in that scene. Um, but there's another moment with Chewie, which I will talk about this in the other one that probably got the biggest laugh of the entire movie, which is, uh, I think it's Chewie's introduction in the movie. Uh, And, uh, yeah, all I'm going to say is it's, 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 (laughs) he, he makes an entrance like nobody I've ever seen. And it's just got like a huge roar. (laughs) That's when Luke's, the thing actually with Luke kind of going back, I like kind of how they, like when Luke first appears, he still doesn't talk for about, what, five minutes? Yeah. Like, I wonder if they've done that yeah, deliberately. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make you wait just a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, can we do... I mean, I don't have much to add on Laura Dern other than... She is really good in this movie. Her character feels... This is what I appreciate... I've mentioned a few times, but what I appreciate about this movie is that you kind of think I know where it's going, and then it's not that just one twist happens, like an Empire Strikes Back, where you're like, wow, that was unexpected. It's almost like every character and everything going on in this movie takes a completely different direction from what you expect. Um, so even though I don't really have a, some a lot of defenses for how disjointed this movie is, as you said, it makes me in some ways more excited for Episode Nine because I know Episode Nine is going to be something interesting. And, and this was interesting, too. Laura Dern's character is kind of the best example of that. You think you know one thing about her, and then, well, it's completely different, you know? Yeah. And the funny thing is, people are going to watch this movie, and they're going to pick up on one scene and think, oh, I know where they're going with this. And then another scene's going to come up, and it's like, oh, that's what they were talking about. And then another scene's going to come up, and like, that's what we're talking about. Totally unpredictable character. Uh, not the best character in the world, but <laughs> it, it at least was something unique. Uh, 
we have to talk about Snoke, though, because I think he's pretty much the only one left here. Yeah, uh, before, I, before we get to Snoke, because I was actually about to say that, uh, Snoke, um, I think Laura Dern's going to set a trend of purple hair, um, which looked pretty good. Uh, and the, the, the one scene with her, though, which, again, we can talk about in the spoiler episode, um, there was one scene with her which was epic. Like, it was just, wow, that was just, mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Um, but, like, I, I think kind of a lot of my issues kind of around, like, her and her storyline and the stuff that was going on with the Resistance... There's just some convoluted sort of wishy-washy stuff happening one minute to the next on this ship, and it's kind of like, what, 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 what? Um, mm. And, like, it's interesting because one of the reviews I actually read when I just said, you know, it didn't really feel like a Star Wars film, somebody kind of said about, oh, unlike The Force Awakens, which just jumped from one place to the other and was all over the place, it's like, well, that's kind of a Star Wars film. They're always going yeah. everywhere. This is kind of just there. And, I mean, yeah, we'll mm. go to Snoke. Maybe we'll talk about, like, the locations in a second. But, yeah, Snoke... Uh, I mean, do you want to start off with Snoke? Do you want me to say something about Snoke? I mean, what do you want, I, what do, you want to do here? <laughs> Who's I talking? Is this where you Snoke talk? Is this where I talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Snoke in this movie. And the funny thing is my brother, who was just vicious with this. I mean, there were people in the theater during the end credits that were turning around and just staring. You know, not staring as in that's, you know, really inappropriate in public, but like intently listening as we're debating this. And my brother's just ripping into this movie so hard. Uh, and at the same time, he's saying, he's like, I love Luke in this movie. Um, Ray was good in this movie. He's like, there's some things about this movie I loved. He's like, but the biggest problem he had was he said, Snoke is such a good character. He's like, I want to, I, he's like, I'm more interested in seeing the backstory on Snoke and Kylo Ren and Luke and how all that went down. And he's like, and I'm upset. I don't get that. And I told him like, you basically describe what people said during A New Hope, which is what we eventually got the prequels for. It's like, I want to see what happened with Obi-Wan and Vader and everything and Yoda. I don't think you have to have that backstory. I, in a way, I feel like I'm more interested in Snoke knowing that he is kind of this mysterious figure. And maybe we still will find out more about him. I mean, this movie's kind of presented in a way where you're like, I don't know where they're going with anybody. With Snoke, he's you definitely don't know where they're going with him. But he totally surpassed my expectations. We were talking about how unique his appearance was and how mesmerizing his appearance was. I almost was barely even looking at the guy half the time just because Andy Serkis's voice was so good in this movie and his delivery of every line was so good. And like so many other characters, it was different from what I expected. But I think I'm going to walk out of this movie and even if my opinions, some of my positive opinions change, the one thing I know that my opinion will not change on this movie is that I think Snoke was an amazing villain. Look, I probably would sway more to the side of what your brother was saying there, but I can, you know, the issue I think I had with Snoke and just kind of what they did was just kind of the resolution to some stuff. And like, I hope we get some more in part nine, um, because if they leave it, how they leave it, that is just terrible. Um, and <laughs> like, I guess the two biggest things come out of the force awakens were who is Snoke and who are Ray's parents. And I guess we, mm-hmm kind of get resolutions to both in this film and I'm going to say I was thoroughly disappointed with how both kind of played out and again I you don't agree? Oh, I, well that'll be, <laughs> that that'll be, be for spoiler. the spoiler episode yeah I, I, I actually was very satisfied with how it played out the, mostly because it, it, it didn't go too over the top. Well, I mean, look, I can see that side of things but yeah, well, that, that's for that episode but like, I mean, the, the scene, there was a scene with um Snoke Ray and uh, Kylo Ren, which reminded me so much of the uh, the Emperor Luke Vader scene in Return of the Jedi. Um, but 
Yeah, like, I, I mean, look, I don't want to take away from Snoke. Snoke was very interesting, like, kind of just, you know, we kind of actually get to see him now, not in just a hologram. I love that set that he was sort of in. I love the red guards, <laughs> and that scene with the red guards yeah. and that fight was awesome. Um, so, you know, yeah, but definitely, and kind of all the Kylo Ren stuff around that scene was just incredible. Um, but, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's just something, ugh, I just feel, you know, ripped off with Snoke in kind of how we got him in this movie and how sort of his stuff happened at the end of it. So, I just hope yeah, but, we but get something there's more. There's still another episode. Yeah, well, I really hope we do. Um, because if we don't, I'll be like, holy crap, well, what was that? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I agree with Andy Serk, like great. Um and yeah, that that visually looked fantastic. I mean the visual effects in this as always are gonna be fantastic. Uh, although actually maybe there's yeah. one sort of scene which <sighs> very Harry Potter Lord of the Rings esque, um <laughs> which Which one which one are you uh, talking about? On the sort of planet with uh Rose and uh Finn and there's a chase involved and Oh, yeah, that's not great. No. <laughs> I mean, but again, nothing on that section of the movie was great. Um, well, I mean, just on that quickly, I mean, you kind of obviously talked a lot about how, you know, as much shit as the prequels might get, not taking away from George Lucas's imagination and these planets and just, his, you know, just these worlds he's create. This is kind of similar to The Force Awakens. I mean, we only really get two new planets, and one is sort of unique, but it's not. And then kind of this final battle, which is kind of bit bland in a way. I mean, it's kind of got the cool visuals with sort of this salt that turns red, um, mm-hmm. which I thought initially was blood. So there's this scene where one of the guys, like, puts his finger on it and goes, hmm, salt. I'm like, did he just lick that guy's oh, yeah. blood? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what? Um, but even then, like, kind of, that was kind of, we only just see sort of one large area. So, I mean, locations-wise, it wasn't, you know, I think kind of this is just what the sequel trilogy is going to be. Is like, I mean, what really new planets can you create? We've kind of had all the ones you can probably think of, but um, yeah, I mean, that was I think a disappointment to me that kind of we didn't really get to see a whole lot more. And like, I I would not be opposed to them going back to. I mean, you know, I'm going to say Naboo, but like, you know, Coruscant. Like, is that the the default capital mm. now that the other one got destroyed in the Force Awakens? Um, you know, go back to Endor. Go back to Hot. Like, just. You know, not Tatooine. We're kind of sick of Tatooine, aren't we? But, like, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Naboo! Bring, hashtag bring back Naboo! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I'm, I think as somebody who loved, I mean, all six of the original Star Wars movies, I'll say I, I loved 7 too. I mean, I kind of love anything Star Wars regardless, but there's something about the planets that George Lucas gave us Uh that I think all of us are in agreement, and I think almost every opinion I've read on the internet is in agreement, that the aliens he presented us with and then the planets mm-hmm. were all more memorable. Even in, even if you hated the prequels, people were like, well, the planets looked great. They looked unique. They were imaginative. And with this movie, I think I liked it more just because it was such an improvement over The Force Awakens, even though it's not great. I mean, if if the planets we're seeing here were the only planets we got in The Force Awakens, I'd probably be saying, yeah, they probably could have done a better job. But it is an improvement on Force Awakens. Same as the score. Uh, the score, I don't, I'm, I'm going to listen to it on its own tomorrow. Is it out but... yet? Because I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. Yeah, I've, I've got it. Oh, okay, um, well, I need to get I'll it. send it to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, I'll see if it really is great. For me, I kind of feel like just as part of the movie... 
The Force Awakens is by far the weakest score in the history of Star Wars, and that includes the Ewok movies and the Clone Wars animated series. I really noticed that. I really noticed how they're really limited in The Force Awakens that you come out and remember. Maybe the Kylo Ren thing is basically the only thing that I can remember as a theme. Yeah, and I think this one, Last Jedi, it is a huge improvement over The Force Awakens score, but it may still be the second weakest. So the planets and the music... Those were probably the two weakest things in The Force Awakens, and I still feel like those are kind of the two weakest things here. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I kind of came out of this really not noticing the score. Um, again, I, I haven't had an opportunity to listen because I didn't know if it was... Every time I've looked for it, I haven't been able to find it. But, um, I mean, I love the Kylo Ren theme, but, um, you know, outside of that, there's just nothing. But, yeah, I mean, even like Rogue One, kind of, you come out of that not really having anything oh, yeah. in that either. I mean, I know that was done by, uh, what's his name, the the lost dude, Michael, I can't say Michael Giacchino, yeah. yeah. I can't say his name, but yeah, but um, I'll be interested <laughs> in just doing loss and you know, whatever we did, Spider-Man, I know that. Anyway, uh, I don't really know if there's much else we can talk about, really, when going to our review, because, I mean, again, kind of, we've, we've just gone to basic opinions, um, you know, what we'll obviously do a lot more in the spoiler review and what we'll do in that is, you know, we'll get Noah to at least give his buy it, rent it, bin it, but he'll, we'll also rank these, I guess, and we'll probably include Rogue One and quickly say like, what's our top, you know, nine in order. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean, do you, unless there's anything else you think we can talk about, I guess we can, we can rent it, buy it, bin it. I mean, should, should we throw to our segments? Our, our segments of that we recorded. Uh, well, I mean... Your, yeah. Was yours spoiler? Because I, I kind of think the ones that I recorded with Noah... I will play the one, the intro that Mine's Noah... spoiler-free. Okay, well, okay. Well, on that, let's play. Let's play. So what, <laughs> what are we going to hear here, Colin? I've not heard this yet, so I don't know what I'm about to hear. Well, like the Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, I went with my nephews and I got their reactions. Because, I mean, you, it's funny because I was actually talking to one of my nephews uh, who likes to believe whatever popular opinion he reads on the internet instead of forming his own opinion. Uh, and I was telling him, it's like, you just follow the opinions of 40-year-olds on the internet, or in this case, 30-something-year-olds on the internet. Um, really, the audience for these movies are kids, so it's interesting to get their perspective. So I got all four of them, and they do give their review of Buy It, Bin It, Rent It on here, too. So uh, we'll listen to their thoughts, and apologies for... Some moments of terrible audio in here. We just got out of The Last Jedi five minutes ago, and this is our third time trying to record this. So let's stick to the script, boys. Okay. So these are my nephews who appeared in Spider-Man Homecoming. Quickly, give us your age and what you thought of The Last Jedi. I'm 14, and The Last Jedi was an amazing movie. Brian Johnson, good job. Good job, Brian Johnson. Next. I'm 13, and it was good with a little bit of that. Okay, good with a little bit of bad. I should say the one you just heard from the 13-year-olds in the stage where everything's too cool, and whatever opinion he hears on the internet, he believes, and he just heard somebody else trashing this movie, so of course there's some bad. Next. I'm 10 and turning 11 in January 18th, and also I think the movie's totally awesome. Ha! Beat that Star 7. Beat that who? Star Wars 7. Star Wars 7. Okay, so better than Force Awakens. Next. I love the movie, and I'm probably die without the two. Okay, so he's telling the same joke a second time. Okay, so just quickly talk about the characters. Which character was your favorite? Uh, and uh, what was your favorite part of this movie without giving away a spoiler? My favorite character was Luke. He was amazing in this movie. More scenes I expected. And I have no idea what my favorite scene was. Uh, it would be the... I were going to guess the space chase scene. That was my favorite. That's, yeah, that's basically the opening of the movie. Okay, next up. My favorite character would have to be Kylo Ren. I like what they did with him. And my... (laughs) 
my favorite story, <clears throat> my favorite scene would be the battle between Finn and Phasma. Finn and Phasma, okay. Yeah, this is the one who's too cool for everything. Now we're starting to see why. Next up, favorite character and what was your favorite part? No spoilers. BB-8 and also when Luke Skywalker did the thing to Rey. When Luke Skywalker did the thing to Rey, okay. Uh, and last up, favorite character and best part of the movie? Uh, well, for me, it's a tie between Rey and Kylo Ren. My favorite part is the spoiler. Okay, so there we go. The youngest one knows no spoilers. So uh, I guess we got like a wide range of opinions here. So Luke, uh, Kylo Ren, BB-8, and and a tie between Ray. Okay, and and Kylo Ren. Okay, okay. So uh, I will say, I will agree. Just the fight between Finn and Phasma, it was way better than I expected. I think all the fights in this were great. Uh, but uh, overall, what are you guys going to do with this movie? We have three rating systems. Are you going to buy it? That means it's a great movie. It's worth buying. Are you going to rent it? So it was good. It was worth watching. Not necessarily something you're going to rush out to see again. Or are you going to bin it? You hated the movie. I would buy it. <laughs> Strong rent it. Buy! I don't really care what I do with it. Okay, well, the youngest one's too cool now. He's aging quickly. Uh, I don't really even care what I do that I want to see it again. You want to see it again. Okay, so I'm going to consider that buy it because uh, paying for two admissions is probably more than buying the movie. Yeah. Funny moment. What are the porgs? we got to get the porg opinion. This is the age range, oh. I guess. So what did you think of the porg? Okay, all I say without spoilers is that it's going to be really funny if you see it. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll, <laughs> you'll hear a lot. Go see it in the night. Everyone's going to be there. You're going to be laughing so hard at this. The Porgs were a lot less like Jar Jar Binks than I thought. They are less... They're more of a character than I thought they would be. I, I, I wish you could see when he started mentioning Jar Jar, of course, the popular opinion he reads by 40-year-olds on the internet. He crossed his arms like, I'm too cool for this. Uh, Porgs, review? Chewbacca ate one. He didn't eat a Porg. Yeah. Um, next. Take off that stupid goose of a duck, Kylo Ren! Okay, uh, we won't consider that a spoiler. So there are some kids' opinions of Star Wars: The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm meant to be laughing at that. Um, but uh, okay, what we'll play here for you is, I guess, Noah and I pre going into the movies, and we'll play the little bit there about Hugh as well. Because uh, we recorded, the thing is, we the bit we recorded after seeing it actually goes for like 24 minutes, and we're thinking like, do we play this at the beginning of the episode or the end of the episode? So we'll put that in the spoiler one, because we give spoilers in that. So uh, this is, I guess, Noah and myself pre, and pre with Hugh going into that bit as well. So it is currently 11.18 on Wednesday evening. The 13th of December, 2017. Okay, now it's looking like a Star Wars premiere. That's Noah Groves that you can hear. <laughs> Noah, hello? Hello, it's kind of weird that we're 40 minutes away from a new Star Wars movie. Now, I don't know whether we're playing this in the spoiler one or the spoiler free one. Uh, so, to cover our bases... Pogs are Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> and, wow, amazing. Uh, we, we drove here to the Glenorchy Cinemas about 20 minutes ago and there was no one here. What's going on? And now, at 20 past 11, everyone is showing up. So we're kind of going to rush oh, through this. everyone. But uh, we want to get here, not do what we did like two years ago and get whatever. But um, 
uh, we're going to do a recording now, and then we'll do one once we come out of it, and then obviously this is in one of our review episodes. But how are you feeling right now, Nile Grows? Uh, a bit tired. I still think everyone should just agree midnight showing should go on at eight. Uh, that should be a world like agreement. Um, but full on snitzel and very excited now. I mean, we're missing the kind of the fanfare of the Cantina band at Hobart, but. And the Mark Hamill uh, and the Mark Hamill appearance and the Hayden Christensen, but I'm, it's kind of weird to think we're 40 minutes away from a new start. Once we're in there and get our tickets and everything, sit down. It will be hearing that iconic music right now Sorry. for Colin. It is 6:19 uh, a.m. on Wednesday morning. Yeah, you don't get to see Star Wars, Colin, for over 24 hours, and we're seeing it in like 40 minutes. So uh, um, we're gonna spoil it. Yeah, I'm going to, like, message you after it's finished and say, it's dumb, it's stupid, the Ewoks movies are better. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this. I, 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 the only time I've ever been to a midnight screening was uh, for The Force of Wookens. So, um, did you, I mean, I think we probably talked about this in the episode, so I'm just repeating it. Did you watch all, all, all the movies in the lead-up to, like, prepare yourself? I even watched the Clone Wars movie and the two Ewok movies, so everything but the dumb holiday things. I'm all prepared, ready for this new one. Did you listen to the Oz Network's coverage of those movies? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is not the answer you're looking for. We've been all day talking about great lines in Star Wars history and I hate them. I hate all of them. He doesn't like you. I don't like you either. You don't even know me. <laughs> um, and singing Jedi Rocks because why not? <laughs> what is the one thing right now that you are hoping for? Like we can say this now on the record, and then when we leave, we can be like, "Fuck, that was a piece of shit." I say this with all sincerity, and I really mean this. Billy D. Williams. We need Lando Calrissian. Like, I know there's probably going to be some twists. There'll be some things I like, some things I hate. But one thing we absolutely need, I think, that will have me completely satisfied. The one thing I want is Lando Calrissian. Come on. I'm on the Lando bandwagon. I'd love a Lando appearance, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. I would love more references to the prequels. And if we got a Hayden Christensen ghost appearance, I would be the only one in the cinema going, Yes! And I'd be moving seats away from you. Um, and at least more than one pork. We can't just have one pork. Yeah, like right now, no. We're 40 minutes away from knowing whether or not porgs are the new Ewoks and Jar Jar or if porgs are the new Han Solo. Like, oh my God, this is like pre-porgs. It's very nerve-wracking, like, there's literally 40 minutes left of a pre-Porg world, and I wonder what the audience reaction... I don't... We're in Glenorchy, so I'm not sure if there's going to be much of any audience reactions, but... Fucking Luke Skywalker! Uh, Porg? Um, what are those little bird things? But, yeah, it's going to be interesting, the audience reaction. Will they be loving, laughing and cheering for the Porgs, or will we be hearing boos and popcorn being thrown? Uh, and can we just quickly tell our Porg story? The fact that we went to Kmart before this to try and buy a Porg toy. They didn't have any Porg toys! <laughs> the entire reason that Porgs exist is to sell toys in department stores. And there was not a single Porg. There was like, what was her name? Like, May or like... Jenny. Jenny, the uh, fighter pilot. But there was no Porgs. There was Ray and Leia Barbies. No Padme Barbies. And there was Kylo Ren Barbies. <laughs> Couldn't they call it Kylo Ken, Barbie? Oh, I see what you did there. Um, yeah, so let's do this. Let's go in. We're going to get our sippy cup. Um, and we will do one of these as we leave. Because uh, obviously you're listening to this episode and you're hearing our reactions to the movie. But at the time right now, we are pre-Porg World. We are pre-finding out who Ray's father is. We are pre-hearing Luke Skywalker speak for the first time in 30 years. Ah! 
And in just a couple of months, Michael Emerson is getting hit on a ski luge. So this is the beginning of... <laughs> Porks at the beginning of the end. But this is nerve Let's do this. This is the podcast you're listening to. We just want to add an extra recording to this cinema experience. We just had a woman walk into the cinema. It's like, excuse me, is there a human? Nobody said anything. There was a good repair. Oh, it's a good thing. There's a car outside. We're five minutes away, Noah. Yeah, and Hugh's about to miss Star Wars. <laughs> They're so personal here at Glenorchy. Okay, Hugh's here now, is he? It's like a class field trip. Ticking the name. Oh, I just wanted to make sure he was in. <laughs> Your mum called. You meant to be back. <laughs> um, random story. So, we got a Star Wars sippy cup, but for some reason on the like notice board, it says, um, only available with diet, soft drink or water. And I'm like, no, I don't want diet soft drink of water. So I got a normal soft drink and they gave it to me. So that's a weird rule. It's a bit disappointing in that. The Disney Health Initiative. The Naboo Health Organisation. Um, anyway, this is an extra minute of your life that you'll never get back. Um, say hello to Hugh for us. Ah. <laughs> I, I can't even remember what we said. Um... <laughs> We you just wouldn't. gave it away. We weren't actually listening to those clips. Yes, <laughs> we were. Shut up. There, there was a bit um, in, the, in the one afterwards. We were sitting in the car. It's like 3.30 in the morning. And I had my window down because it was a bit like warm. And there was like these two girls in their car. And one of them like screamed. Like, I don't know like what was happening. And we're just like, oh, look over there. Jenny doesn't like the film. She's hating it. Ah! Like, this was bad. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, I'm interested for this, the review. I mean, you're doing this legitimately having just seen this. I've had a couple of days to rest on this, so I'm going to let you go first. Um, well, I mean, the obvious answer is to buy it just because I am going to buy this movie. Um, I'm already going to watch it again, and uh, that's not because I necessarily loved everything in this movie. It's because you got to get a second viewing to really know how you feel about it. And Star Wars is worth watching one way or the other. So by the time we do the spoiler review, I will have already seen this a second time, and my opinions will probably change. I kind of have to give this two. I mean, I personally would buy it just because I love Star Wars, but this is weird for me to say if I'm giving a real recommendation for what people should expect out of this movie. This is a renter. Um, you'll see some things where you're like, I'm. if you do pay to see this, you're like, I'm so glad I saw this because this and this and this was amazing. But there's going to be a lot of moments in here you're like, you know, I don't know if I necessarily am desperate to buy this. And I have a feeling, even though it, it may show up differently in my rankings, um, ultimately I feel like this is the least must-see Star Wars movie that I've ever seen. Uh, not even necessarily my least favorite, but just the least must-see. So I would probably say this is a rented. I mean, I'm with you that I will get this no matter what, because I'm always going to mm-hmm. buy a Star Wars movie. So that's always going to be 100% there. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is the first time I've ever left a Star Wars movie, as I said, like, just not, like, knowing what to think. Um, I'm not going to bin it. I'm not going to bin it. Um, but this would be a low rent for me. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to go see it again, too. Uh, whether or not I see it before the spoiler one, I don't know. Will I go see this a third time? I really don't know. Uh, I mean, I've seen every single Star Wars movie since I've been alive that's been released at least twice in the cinemas. Uh, saw Force Awakens three times. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go see this again, but and it might sort of change it, but 
look, when we rate these on next week, I mean, yeah, I don't know how low this is going to be because uh, <laughs> I just found a real appreciation for the prequels on just the rewatch. And I would probably say that all seven episodes, taking Rogue One out of it, I would probably buy all seven episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this maybe is the first one that I won't buy. Would I buy Rogue One? I don't know. That's, that's for our Rogue One episode, which we might do next year before we do uh, Han Solo. I don't know. We haven't discussed that. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, at least with Rogue One, like I came out of like going, well, that half hour, last half hour was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this like had its moments, but there was also so many of these moments that just took away from it. And two scenes, as I said, in particular that when we get to a spoiler one, I will just go off at. Um, but yeah, so low rent for me. And that's weird saying that. I think maybe <laughs> the only thing that would stop this from being a bin is the fact that it's a Star Wars film and I don't want to bin a Star Wars <laughs> film. So, uh, except for the Ewoks and the holiday special, but they're not really films. Um, so yeah, low, low rent for me. So we'll get Noah's take on that, and then obviously we'll rate them on our spoiler one. But uh, so, you're, when are you planning on seeing this for a second time? Like in, as soon as we finish recording here, you're going back yeah. to the movies. Well, we are at twelve oh nine a.m. Friday morning for me. Um, <laughs> the latest so have- you've ever stayed up. <laughs> um, I have to go to work. So <laughs> we'll see I how have I to feel. Go to work. <laughs> uh, we'll see how I feel when I get home from work. I might, I might see it tomorrow. I would guess either tomorrow or Saturday. Um, it, it, I don't know if I'll go for the evening crowds because it's going to be extremely busy. But it's also cool to see it with a large crowd. So maybe. But yeah, I might even see it tomorrow night just because it'll be the only time I have free time. Well, we'll see how that plays out. And, of course, as I said, next week we will bring you a spoiler review. Probably going to be a bit longer because we waffle on and we're bringing Noah. Noah, Colin, and I, I don't think, have been on an episode all together since, uh, what, our rankings of the songs for 007, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. So it's been a while. So uh, stay tuned for that because uh, Noah definitely has a lot to say and I feel you two are going to have some debates over Luke and that scene at the beginning and, you know, everything along those lines. But let us know what you thought of it. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can find us on social media, of course, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, subscribe on all the channels. And uh, if you have any sort of questions or anything you might want to put to us or opinions that you'd like us to discuss on our spoiler review next week uh by all means get them into us uh my name is ben and (laughs) (laughs) hashtag pork power uh and my name is colin and spoiler time hashtag sindel is ray thank you for listening to the oz network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at theoznetwork.net